This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Yours truly, Kickin' Life Guru Master Rich Grogan. Our mission is to inspire you to believe in yourself, to overcome challenge, battle through adversity, and live your best kickin' life. It's like I'm giving you a kick in life so you can live your best life. So saddle up, buckle up, and here we go. Greetings, everyone. Your Kickin' Life Guru Master Rich Grogan here. Hope you're having a fantastic day. So, how's the week treating you? Hopefully it's going extremely well. Well, if not, I'm sure this will help motivate you and pump you up in a positive manner to get your week going. So let's start things off today with a nice quote that I think will help uh, kind of inspire you to reconsider everything maybe you've thought about yourself, but also thought about being like other people. Here it is. You will make a lousy anybody else, but you are the best you in existence. So think about that for a minute. You will make a lousy anybody else. But you are the best you in existence, meaning, and this oftentimes happens with all of us, kids, adults, we try too hard to be somebody we're not. We try too hard to be someone else. Uh, when, why? Well, of course, society's kind of groomed us to, to think that we need to be like somebody else because we're not perfect who we are. Well, here's the thing. You are. No one else will ever be you. And you've heard me talk about this many times before. There's 7 billion, over 7 billion, that's billion with a B, people in the world today. But there's only one you. There's only one you. There's only one person made up just like you. Only one person with your God-given abilities, your talents, your special gift, whatever that may be. But that's yours. That's your special gift to the world that nobody else has. But unfortunately, too often in life, and I've been plenty guilty of this myself, we do too much, way too much, to try and be who we're not, try and fit in where essentially, I don't say it's not where we don't belong, but we try and squeeze ourselves in to be like other people instead of you know being true to ourselves and representing our true self, being us. So think about that as we go through not only the podcast today, but the, well, well, the rest of your life, but let's just start off with today and then next week and this week moving forward. But think about you, be you, be you. All right. So moving on, and you've heard me talk in the past about, uh, you know, the one in seven billion and uh, be yourself, be who you're meant to be. And that all wraps up. And I've got my book, which uh, finalized the cover just uh, this week. I'm excited about that. And we'll be uh, hopefully having the book will be finished, completed and all done and ready to go for you to read and review and throw your feedbacks and comments my way by the end of May. And the name of that book is Square Peg Round Hole. Why try to fit in when you were born to stand out? And it has everything to do with pretty much everything we talk about, especially that quote we just talked about, being the person you were born to be and being the best you you can be. So that leads me right into uh, our first story of the day. And this story is uh, about an old Indian chief who was talking to one of his grandsons. And he was telling the story about the two wolves that live inside of us. And he said, there's two wolves. One is a wolf of fear scared of everything, scared to take chances, scared to do anything, scared of the unknown, scared to be itself. That's the wolf of fear. The second wolf is the wolf of ambition, passion, desire, the wolf of, you know, constantly, I don't want to say challenging the status quo, but the wolf that wants to get out there and be something different. It wants to make its mark. It believes in itself, getting out there. And the story goes the old Indian chief was talking to his grandson and telling him that these two wolves live inside of all of us. And, the, of course, the grandson, his question is, well, 
Which one? Which one is going to be me? Which one is going to live? Which one am I going to be when I grow up? And it's a real simple answer. The old Indian chief says, whichever one you feed. Now think about that for a minute. We all have that inside of us. We have that element of fear, and we have that element of, man, I know I can do more. Man, I could do this. I could do something different. I can be better than this. But then the other one kicks in. Well, yeah, but you've got a good job. You've got this going. Maybe you should just be happy. And, of course, that's a constant battle that goes on in all of our minds, those two wolves competing against one another, the wolf of fear and the wolf of ambition. The answer, when the uh, grandson asked the Indian chief, which one am I going to be, which one uh, is going to dominate my life, here's the answer for all of us, the one you feed. Whichever one you feed is going to be the one that dominates your life. If you feed the fear, guess what? You're going to believe the fear, and the fear is going to take over. If you feed the ambition, you feed the desire, the passion to be who you were born to be, that's the one that's going to win. That's the one that's going to take over, and that's the one that's going to help you become you, become the best person you can possibly become. Now, just like anything else in life, and uh, those who have been following the podcast, hopefully you've been sharing it with others, but this is not going to be new to you. You've heard me say this every single time. Easier said than done. Yeah, of course it is. So uh, those at home say, well, yeah, you can say that. That's much easier said than done. Yeah, so is anything in life. I can say anything. You can say anything. But, of course, anything's easier said than done. But in order to move forward and make a change, it's going to be tough. I'm not going to lie to you there. But it all goes back to that little story there. Whichever one you feed, that's the one that's going to win. You feed the fear, the fear is going to win. If you feed the ambition, the drive, the challenge, the passion to be your very best, that's the one that's going to win. And it's entirely up to you. You have that power to do that. Know that uh, feeding the fear is much, much easier But, of course, uh, that was going to lead into the next topic, the two types of pain. But uh, I'm going to finish up on this one a little bit here. Whichever one you feed, like I mentioned, is going to be the one that wins. Fear is so much easier because it puts you in a complacent mode. It paralyzes you. The other is going to be much tougher. But that's the one that's going to give you the best possible life. And uh, that leads into, like I mentioned, the next part here. And the next part is the two types of pain. And we all experience experience pain. Now, pain can be, you know, physical pain mental pain, emotional pain, but the pain I'm talking about is the two types of pain that you, you in life that you, I guess life gives you, and that is the pain of self-discipline or the pain of regret. And it's been said that an ounce of self-discipline, now think about this for a minute, an ounce of self-discipline right now doing the things you know you need to do, the things that are kind of tough to do, but that ounce of self-discipline will save you a ton of regret later. And what is that ounce of self-discipline? It could be when you go out to eat, instead of ordering a soda, you order water instead. Well, I want that soda. And I'm not saying you have to deprive yourself of all the things that you want, but I am saying a little bit of self-discipline now is going to save you a ton of regret later. And it all starts off like a little trickle effect. So maybe you go out to eat four times a week. That's fine. Maybe that's what you want to do. And as long as you're making, you know, good self-discipline choices with your meals, that's not a problem. But I will tell you this. If you have a soda a day every day, that's going to compound and that's going to add up. And if you eliminate it, and I'm not saying go cold turkey. That's hard to do. But if you cut back one of those sodas to a glass of water this week, and then next week maybe cut back another one, next week maybe cut back another one, you're going to see a dramatic change with just that small amount of self-discipline. And another part of the self-discipline, you know, instead of watching uh, the, the news and the media and sitting in front watching all the sitcoms and shows, and I'm once again, I'm not saying to deprive yourself of things you enjoy, I am saying if you want to make a small change in your life, it all starts 
with a, with a small change. Maybe pick up a book. Listen to more podcasts like this one, the Kickin' Life podcast. There's a ton of other motivational podcasts out there. And uh, fill your mind with positivity. Fill your mind with things that are going to help you become your very, very best, as opposed to loading your mind up with garbage. So back to what we were talking about, two types of pain, the pain of self-discipline or the pain of regret. And I promise you, the small pain of self-discipline You condition yourself before you know it, that self-discipline is going to add up and you're going to eliminate that pain of regret. But if you don't discipline yourself, you are going to have the pain of regret. And that's, uh, you know, anything in life. doesn't matter if it's you, as I mentioned, with your going out to eat, with your meal selection, with ordering soda. It could also be if you go out uh, two or three nights a week and go out and have an after-dinner cocktail, or I'm sorry, after-work cocktail, and then have your appetizers. It's okay to enjoy life. But before you know it, two to three ends up being four or five, and you're doing it every single night, and self-discipline's out the window. And before you know it, the regret's going to kick in. It's what you do. uh, Well, I guess it's what you do with yourself, yes, but what you do with those two types of pain. And the same thing with going to the gym. You know, uh, and unfortunately, here it is, we're middle of February now, uh, toward the end of February. So unfortunately, those that set their New Year's resolutions, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to do this. Right now is about the time when most people start falling off. Uh, you know what? I did this thing for four to five weeks. I'm not seeing a change. I'm just going to quit. Well, it takes time. It took time for you to get in the shape you're in right now, good or bad. Well, it's going to take time to make a reversal on that as well. And uh, the unfortunate side is it never happens as quickly as you want, but time's going to come and go. So stay consistent, have that self-discipline, and I, I promise you, you're going to save a ton of regret later as you move forward. So anyway, moving on forward with uh, uh, the two types of pain there and how that transfers into anything and everything you do. As I mentioned with uh, um, the the media or watching sitcoms or listening to, I call it constant negative network, you know, CNN and all the other news uh, media sources that continue to just bombard your mind with ugliness and negativity and everything that's wrong with the world. I mean, if you listen to those things, you think the world's the worst place on earth to live. And especially, you know, the United States of America. Well, that's not true. It's unfortunate, but these news media stations thrive on sensationalism. They thrive on negativity. They thrive on what's good, you know, blood and guts and gore and horror and everything that's wrong because that's what, unfortunately, that's what gets the headlines. That's what people, I don't know, sir, they want to see that. But that's what gets the most clicks. That's what gets the most shares, the most likes. It's that sensationalism. The, oh, man, did you see this? Oh, I can't even believe that. Oh, this is so terrible. And those are the things that people share the most. Because, well, it, it, it feeds on that, you know, uh, I'm kind of lost for words here. That the thought I was going to say uh, just slipped my mind, but it just feeds on that oh, on the fear. There you go. It feeds on the fear. Back to the uh, story of the Indian chief. And if you allow that fear... Allow that fear to take over your life before you know it. That's all you're doing, and it's almost like you need that uh, that, that dopamine hit. And dopamine is one of the feel-good chemicals in the body. Now, not that fear is a feel-good. However, it is a boom kind of a, a hit of fight or flight. So you need that hit. Okay, what else is going on? What else is going wrong? And your uh, subconscious mind, and you've heard me talk about this many times before, and this is all going to relate back together. 
talking about which one you feed. You feed the fear or you feed the ambition and drive to be better. Well, your subconscious mind has one purpose and one purpose only. Its only job is to help satisfy your needs. What you focus on, your subconscious mind is going to bring into vision, going to bring into light. And a part of the subconscious mind is called your reticular activating system. And I know that's a lot. Whoa, what the heck is that? Well, your reticular activating system is what brings everything into focus. And that all works in your subconscious mind. Your subconscious memory, subconscious mind has one job, as I just mentioned, to bring things into focus, to help solve problems, to help help you become what you focus on. So example I always give, if you're looking for a new car or possibly you've just bought a new car and um, say your new car is, and I just recently purchased a Chevy Avalanche, love it by the way, it's awesome. And um, now I drive around and guess what? Chevy Avalanches are everywhere. Well, of course they've always been there, but now that it's something that I'm focusing on, my subconscious mind, particularly my reticular activating system, is bringing those things into focus because that's what I'm thinking about. And what I think about, what I focus on, magnifies. So even though those Chevy avalanches were always there, now that I'm thinking about it, now that I'm focusing on it, bang, they're everywhere. And you can relate to that anytime if you've bought a new car or, ladies, if you've uh, bought yourself a, a new dress or a new pair of shoes, you're thinking about it, you're focusing on it, and what happens the first event you go to or the first party you go to, uh, bang, there's always one or two that have the same dress, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she's wearing the same dress. I hear it all the time when I go someplace with my wife. It's just how, it's just how it is. Or worse yet, ladies, holy cow, shoes. Are you kidding me? That lady has the same pair of shoes? Well, yeah, chances are, <laughs> if you bought the shoes, the shoe manufacturer has hundreds of millions of the same exact type of shoe out there, there is going to be a chance that someone else has that shoe, but you don't expect to see it at the next event you go to. Well, chances are that lady's had those shoes probably as long or even longer than you have, but you weren't thinking about it at the time. But now you are because of part of your reticular activating system. So that all gets back to the story we told at the beginning about the fear. And if you continue to feed the fear, if you continue to feed that fear, that woof, that's uh, uh, the fear woof, the woof fear, <laughs> the uh, woof of fear, then that's what you're going to have more of. It's just going to happen automatically because your subconscious mind and your reticular activating system isn't biased at all. All it does, and it doesn't know emotions, good or bad, all it really knows is, hey, you're thinking about it, therefore I'm going to bring more of that into your life. And that's where, you know, those that think positive tend to be more positive, and you, a lot of times you run, man, that person's always so positive. What's wrong with them? As if that's a bad thing. But we're all guilty of doing it. You always think, oh, why is that guy so positive? Why is she so positive? Well, what you focus on magnifies. And, of course, on the other side, you know, people that are always negative, always complaining, always got problems. Well, guess what? That's what they're focusing on. They're going to have more problems, more things to complain about because your subconscious mind is doing its job, the only job it has to, to bring those things into light there. And, of course, on the other side, you know, what you feed, if you fear that, or if you feed, fear, feed, feed, and here I'm tongue-tied here, um, if you feed uh, that woof of inspiration, motivation, success, you're going to bring more of that in your life. Now, easier said than done, just like everything else. But I promise you this, and it goes back to something, and uh, Darren Hardy, hopefully you're listening again out there. Uh, those of you it's your first time listening to the podcast here, uh, Darren Hardy is the uh, founder of Success Magazine. He's also author of two outstanding books. Uh, one I'm going to read from in just a little bit here, uh, talking about... Uh, 
uh, how much TV <laughs> the average adult watches and, and the impact that has. But that book's called The Compound Effect, and another book he has is called The Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster. Anyway, big shout-out to Darren Hardy there. I'm a huge fan, and uh, that's on my list this year to actually uh, meet and spend some time with Darren Hardy and just share some ideas and go back and forth. And uh, the reason I do that and the reason I want to do that is simply because Back to the subconscious mind. What you focus on magnifies. And a part of that is the people you surround yourself with. And Jim Rome says you're a product, you're a percentage of the four to five people you surround yourself with the most. So if you surround yourself with four or five people that are ambitious, four or five people that have desires and passions to, you know, exceed the level where they're at right now, continue to raise their standards to a higher and higher level. Well, if you're around that type of person or around that group of people, what's it going to do? Well, it's going to raise you up considerably. It's going to bring you up to, to their level and beyond as you continue to grow. However, on the other side, if you surround yourself with four or five people that are you know, constantly complaining, uh, not happy with their job, not happy with this, give the oh, oh, another one of those days, well, what's it going to do to you? It's going to bring you down. Regardless how strong you may be, if you've got the influence either direction, but if you've got the influence of four heavy anchors pulling you down, Sooner before long, not sooner or later, it's going to be sooner than later, they're going to pull you down and your standards are going to continue to, to lower and your standards are going to no longer be where you may want them to be, which is way the heck up there. They're going to be at the level of the group that you're hanging around with. On the other side, obviously, those that are the engines, as you hear me talk about all the time, engines are anchors. Engines are the ones that are going to push you to be your very, very best. So anyway, Darren Hardy, big shout out to you. Those that don't know who Darren Hardy is, check him out. Good stuff. I highly recommend his material and uh, also highly recommend what he can do for you and the, uh, the mental capacity of raising you and also feeding the right wolf, if you will, feeding the wolf that's going to push you to be your very best. So uh, the reason I mentioned Darren Hardy was he uh, says this quite often. It's really, really ingrained in my brain here. And it's unfortunately, most people go through life with their mind, their glass, if you will. And you, know, you hear the half full, half empty. Well, this is a little different glass, but he talks about your glass being clear as muddy water. The glass in your mind, meaning you have a glass, and it's something we talk about in martial arts all the time, about emptying your cup. Those that are in martial arts, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those that aren't, I'll share it with you briefly here. Your your mind, like a cup of water. Now, uh, Darren Hardy's reference is, if your cup is as clear as muddy water, and chew on that for a second, clear as muddy water, obviously it's not very clear, it's pretty darn murky, then obviously mud, crud, yuck, that's what's going to be on your mind because that's what's in your cup, and that's what you're going to focus on. And, hey, let's circle back. What did I just say a minute ago? What you focus on, what happens? It magnifies. So you're going to magnify more mud into that cup, if you will. On the other side, if you can empty that cup and clean that cup out where your cup is no longer clear as muddy water, but clear as clear, and here's a uh, another Darren Hardy one. I and this one just popped in my head here as I'm talking. He says the the difference between clear and crystal clear is this. Clear is opening your eyes underwater. Now you can see some. Now you put goggles on underwater. That's crystal clear. So think about the difference there. The difference between clear and crystal clear and then revert back to the whole other side of it. You know, kind of the bipolar opposite. Clear is muddy water. It doesn't matter if you have goggles on at all. Uh, on it or, or <laughs> goggles on or not, there we go, that was easier easier said than done, right? Uh, 
clear clear as muddy water is, is muddy. It doesn't matter if you have goggles on or not. So, but crystal clear, that's the difference. But that's moving. You got to empty that cup first. You got to get that muddy water out to move to clear, and then you're going to move on to crystal clear. But you can kind of see how the path goes and how that's going to help you. And back to the reticular activating system, what you focus on magnifies. So, anyway, unfortunately, most people go through life with that muddy cup, if you will. Now back to martial arts, what we talk about all the time is emptying your cup. And what that is, is if your mind is full, regardless if it's full of clear water or muddy water, just full, well, if that cup's full and you put anything else in there, what's going to happen? It's going to splash out all over the place. So emptying your cup is essentially all the thoughts, actions, emotions, anything that's going on in your mind, you're digesting that. You're letting it go in order to have that empty cup to fill it back up. Now what you fill it up with that's your choice. You fill it up with gunk and uck and muddy water. Well, then that's what you're going to focus on. And that's what you're going to have in there. However, if you choose to clean that water out a little bit and fill it up with pure, clean thoughts and uh, positive, motivational thoughts, thoughts that are going to drive you and aspire you to be your very, very best, like this podcast and like so many other positive uh, uh, ventures that are out there, then obviously your cup's going to be clear. Your mind's going to be not only clear, but you're going to feel better about yourself. Think about this. When you eat greasy uh, uh, bar food, you go out and you have one appetizer, then two or three other appetizers, and you have a couple drinks. Yeah, it may help you relax a little bit, but essentially what is that doing to you? That's bogging you down. It's slowing you down. Now you're feeling like yuck. And then, of course, the next day, oh, my gosh, right? Well, it's the same thing. You fed your body the most precious, wonderful thing on the planet with garbage, it's going to respond in a garbage-like manner. Just think if you put uh, uh, cruddy gasoline in your car. It's not going to run very well. Well, if you put cruddy food in your body, your car, your vehicle of life, it's not going to run very well. Well, unfortunately, a lot of us every single day put cruddy garbage in our mind. And, of course, that's what we're going to think about. What we, what we focus on magnifies, and it's hard not to focus on it if it's on your mind, if your mind is full of cloudy, muddy water. So the uh, uh, back to talking about the sensationalism of the news and the media and talk radio and all those other things that are out there who they get paid, and they get, it pay, and they get paid extremely well to pollute your mind with garbage. Because they know, they understand the reticular activating system and your subconscious mind. They know that the more garbage they pump into you, the more you're going to thrive and crave more of that. Even though you're fighting against yourself, you don't want it before you know it. And I'm, I'm talking this happens quick. You're, 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 you're conditioned to want that. You're craving that, almost like a drug. you got to know, oh, man, i got to figure out what's going on now. Oh, goodness gracious, what happened in today's world? Oh, what what? crazy gross thing happened today what what happened with you know in politics what happened in with the school system what happened with the the world as a whole what happened in the middle east what happened here it's it's ugly but they understand you so they're going to continue pumping that garbage down your throat now here's the thing for every one disgusting story that the news media puts out there there's hundreds and millions and billions of good things that happen every single day but you never hear about it why? Why don't you hear about it? Because it doesn't catch the headlines. It doesn't catch the clicks. It doesn't catch the excitement. Let me give you a prime example. We've all been, uh, well, those that are driving, <laughs> it's probably most of you listening to the podcast here. We're, we're, we're driving along, we get caught in a, a, a traffic jam. And you're like, what in the heck? And of course, there's nothing more frustrating than a traffic jam. You're stuck here. Of course, chances are now it's going to make you late. So you become even more frustrated. And then to cap things off, 
you get up to the point where it's all backed up, and it's from a wreck, but the wreck has been far cleared off the road. So there's no reason for the traffic to be backed up. But what do you notice? Everybody's doing the rubbernecker thing. They're looking. They can't wait looking over the side to see who had a wreck, to see how bad the wreck is, to see if there's any blood or guts, to see if somebody's hurt. Not that we want somebody to be hurt, but we're curious. Why? It, 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 it feeds that fear factor in our mind, and it gives us something to talk about. Oh, I was late because. Well, the story is you get up there, and as frustrated as you are as traffic moving so slow by all the people that are in front of you, Wasting time, wasting your precious time, looking to see what this accident is all about instead of moving along so you can get back on time and get to your job or uh, um, your appointment, whatever you had that you're now late for, you frustrate at them. But what do you do when you get up there? You slow down, you rubberneck, you look back and look, oh, what's going on over there? So you're doing exactly the same thing as everybody else. Why? Well, that's just how we're conditioned. Now, here's the thing. For every one time that happens and people slow down and look and then you slow down and look and now you're frustrated at them and now you're late, but yet you're doing the same thing they're doing. For every one time that happens, every other time you're driving along, there could be a beautiful sunset and people don't even pay attention. They just zoom on by because they're, they're too impatient. They're late for this or late for that. But there's a beautiful sunshine. There's a beautiful sunrise. There's a beautiful cloud set. There's, there's beautiful, if it's nighttime, stars in the sky. All the beauty that's there every single day that we just zoom on by and never pay attention to. I tell you this because I'm, you know, I'm human too. I need to hear it myself. But the more I hear it, the more I say it, the more you hear it, the more we're going to focus on that. And the more we're going to focus on that, the more we're going to start seeing those beautiful things. Now, I'm not saying as you're zooming along caught and mesmerized by a beautiful sunset or sunrise because I don't want you to get in a wreck. However, take time to notice those things. Those things are the beautiful things in life. And that reverts right back to everything that goes on. People would much rather slow down and look at a wreck, hoping to see something disgusting because that's what's been pumped into our minds from all the news media outlets than to take time to enjoy a beautiful sunset, a gift from God. Why? Because that's what's conditioned in our minds. And these news media outlets, they know that. They understand that. All these tabloids, they know that. They understand that. So they continue to bombard our mind with this yuckiness. That's all I can call it, yuckiness, that murky, muddy water. So anyway, I think you get the gist on what uh, what I'm talking about there and where I'm moving with all the sensationalism from the media and all the continued negativity pumped into our brains on a daily basis. Well, here, here's, the, here's the key. And this, yeah, easier said than done. Boy, I wonder how many times I say that in a podcast. But as many times as I say it, it doesn't come anywhere close to the number of times I actually hear it uh, in a day. You know, I go around talking to people and this and that. Easier said than done. I bet if I started tallying that up, oh, my gosh, I don't even know where I would be with the number of times I hear that. Uh, But anyway, and, of course, my response is every time I hear it, yeah, well, what isn't? Nobody knows how to react to that. So anyway, back to it. So I, uh, um, I mentioned I'm going to talk about the compound effect, which is Darren Hardy's book, and about the number of hours that uh, the average human being, 12 and older, spend watching television. And of course, unfortunately, the majority of things we watch on TV are going to input our mind with that cloudy, muddy water. It's just garbage pumping in our brains here. So take a 
you know what, I guess you can't really answer me, but uh, maybe you can. Maybe just think in your mind, what would you think the average amount of time a 12-year-old or older spends watching TV per year? Should I do the Jeopardy soundtrack here? Da-na-na-na. That's probably trademarked. I probably just got in trouble. That's okay. I don't think Alex Trebek and Tre- uh, uh, Jeopardy are watching or listening right now, so I think we're good. All right, here we go. You give up? Here's the average. 1,704 hours. Wow. 1,704 hours watching TV per year is the average. That average is out to just under, it's 4.7 hours per day watching TV. That means we're spending 30% of our waking hours, 30% of our waking time watching TV. Unbelievable. Roughly 33 hours a week watching TV. You know, think about that. 33 hours. That's more than a whole day each week watching TV. And Darren Hardy breaks it down even more. He talks about the equivalent of watching TV. That's the equivalent of watching TV for two solid months out of every 12 months. Wow. So out of a year, the average person, 12 and older, spends two months, two months watching TV. And of course, what, what <laughs> what's the most popular things on TV? Reality shows, media, all the sensationalism, nonsense, sitcoms. And what are you really getting out of that? Truthfully. Now, here's the thing. I don't watch a lot of TV at all. And it's one of those, I'm, yeah, I'm human, but I've conditioned myself to realize the value I'm getting. What kind of return am I getting on my investment? Now, as we know, time is a sacred commodity. We can always make more money. We can always watch more TV, but we can never make more time. You know, I have people ask all the time, what's more valuable, time or money? Well, figure that one out. Think about it. You can always work more hours, but you can't have more time. So what are you doing with your time? Are you watching TV? Are you watching 1,704 hours a year of TV? And what are you getting from that? Is that helping you become better? Is it helping you become smarter? Is it helping you uh, with any type of self-education to better yourself at your position or your current position in life? Your position at your job? Is it helping you become a better mother or father for your kids? Is it helping you become a better person? Is it helping you become a better mentor, a better leader? Just Is it helping you develop a legacy, something you're going to leave behind when you're done and gone? Chances are no. Okay? So think about that. And I'm not saying cold, going cold turkey never works in anything. Um, well, I say that in so much as, well, it worked for me. Well, maybe it did. Okay? And that's great if it did. But it starts off, you didn't start off watching 1,704 hours a year of television. If you did, I mean, you'd be like, what the heck? There's no way I would do that. But it adds up. Almost five hours a day is what the average person watches, according to the statistics and analysis done here by Darren Hardy. And I tend to believe him. He does quite a bit of research because he wants factual material, uh, uh, not only in the books, but his whole goal is just like my goal here, is to inspire you to do better, to believe in yourself, to become your very, very best, and to live your best possible life. So now if you think about that, you think about you cut that 4.7 hours down to, I don't know, 3.7 3.7 hours or 2.7 hours per day. You cut that down and you utilize that time, not on social media, and that does has nothing to do with social media. So, oh my gosh, we factor that in. If you watch five hours of TV and then another three hours of social media, well, there's an eight-hour job right there. Think about taking half of that time and applying that to listening to podcasts like this one, 
reading self-help book, motivational books, inspirational books, watching TED Talks, watching inspirational material on YouTube, turning off CNN and other constantly negative networks and all that social garbage that's polluting your brain and making your cup full of muddy water or clear as muddy water, as Darren likes to say there. You think about that and you think about you take that amount of time and start applying that toward bettering yourself. Well, what kind of person are you going to turn out to be? You're going to be much better than you are right now. Now, people ask all the time what I've done to achieve the level of success that, that I've achieved. Now, here's, here's, here's my interpretation of success. Success is whatever you determine success to be. Being, if, if you're a better father today than you were yesterday, that's a success. If you're a better person today than you were yesterday, that's a success. If you can pay your bills and you're not stressed out about money, that's a success. If you eat healthy you feel good about yourself, you feel healthy mentally, physically, and emotionally, that's a success. So everybody's got their own level of success. You know, you've got people, um, uh, Richard Branson, who owns uh, Virgin, uh, well, I guess he owns, like, goodness gracious, 200 different companies within the Virgin uh, uh, library there. you got Virgin Media, you got Virgin, uh, um, oh, goodness gracious, what else does he have? I just read about all the things he's got going on. But anyway, he's a multi-multi-billionaire, which, which is great. To him, that's his level of success. Mother Teresa, which obviously, you know, was not financially wealthy, but her level of success was everything she did to help out the millions upon millions upon millions, probably billions of people. Well, everybody's level of success, everybody's God-given talent and what they view as success is different based on what your values are and based on what you want to do. Now, that doesn't mean that, uh, um, you know, I guess most people would disagree here that, well, you know what? It's all about your interpretation. Is Mother Teresa better than Richard Branson? Well, yes and no. I mean, she's done wonderful things, and I think she's a wonderful person, and she lived her life the way she wanted to live her life. Well, Richard Branson does a lot of wonderful things, too. He gives literally billions of dollars to underdeveloped countries and uh, underprivileged children, and he does as much as he can do with his gift. Uh, completely different ends of the perspective, or uh, uh, I guess the perspective, <laughs> your perspective, but spectrum there. Uh, on what they've done and what they do, but they both are living their level, their understanding of success. And obviously, Mother Teresa's passed away now, uh, but her legacy has continued on, and Richard Branson's continued to do what he's doing. So this isn't a who's better, he or her type deal. This is all about what your level, what your understanding, or what your interpretation of success is and what you do with that success and what you're doing with your God-given talents. My whole point is, what do you plug it in your mind. And it kind of filters all back around to everything we started talking about at the very beginning here with the old Indian chief telling the story to his grandson about which wolf are you feeding? Are you feeding the wolf of fear? Are you feeding the wolf of inspiration, the wolf of passion, the wolf of desire, the wolf that's going to make something happen? And that's, that's, that's how it boils down to. So whatever you plug in your mind is what you're going to focus on. And it's unfortunate when I read that, it's one of those you know, things I had to highlight in the book and uh, reread a couple different times and thinking about, my gosh, because guess what? It wasn't too terribly long ago that I was doing, I was doing that, just sitting around, you know, uh, <laughs> I was never a couch potato, but I'll tell you, I, I listened to too much of it and it's easy to get caught in that trap. It truly is. You work hard during the day. You just want to kick back and relax before you know it, you're kick back and relaxing. You're doing too much and time ticks away, you know, a week turns into a month, month turns into a year, then it's two years, three years, five years, ten years, and what the heck just happened here? Suddenly you look down, you're not feeling as well as you want to feel, you're not in the best shape you could be in, and we see the physical side. We feel 
the mental side, the mental side of being depressed, not feeling our best. And then, of course, what do we do to continue to add to that? We do more depressing things. That's when we start going out and having more appetizers, going out and having more drinks, going out and, uh, you know, doing less things to better ourselves. And we start hanging around with people that are those anchors that continue to pull us down. You got to break free from that, okay? You can. Easier said than done? Absolutely. But you can do it. And it goes back to what we talked about, an ounce Think about that. An ounce of self-discipline is worth the ton of regret that you're going to have later. It truly, truly is. So think about putting positivity in your mind. I have in the last five years, and this is no lie, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about, look, and and I, I have gone, down don't know how many different conferences. Well, you know what, let me tell you what I've done in the last five years, and then you can put all the pieces together. In the last five years, I have read more books than I have my entire life. I've probably read over 100 books. In five years. Now, this is from a guy that didn't, I I guess I knew I could read it. I I talk about this speeches all the time when I'm trying to motivate people to start reading more, start, you know, putting more, uh, better, more positive input in their mind. This comes from a guy that didn't know five years ago I could truly read. I guess I realized I could read, but I just chose not to. Some because I wasn't that good at it. I, you know, I've got just a little bit of ADD, ADHD. Those that have met me, you know that. Those that haven't, you can hear my voice. I'm all over the place trying to read a book, and then a squirrel runs across the street. Squirrel! That's kind of where I'm at with those things. So my focus wasn't there as well as it should have been, but I chose to battle through that. And it all started off with just reading one or two pages, and then another one or two pages, and then another one or two pages, continuing to force myself through it to do my best because I knew it was better for me than just to be complacent sitting on the couch watching garbage on TV. I also have listened to, and this is no lie, I bet it's in the neighborhood of a thousand hours of positive motivation, audiobooks, uh, positive, inspirational, uh, not only quotes, but messages, affirmations, meditation, and then watching uh, powerful TED Talks and inspirational things on YouTube, just to continue to flood my mind, inundate my reticular activating system, the subconscious mind, with positivity, putting those things in. That cup, if you will, it's not muddy water anymore. That thing's clear, and but I'm continuously working on making it crystal clear so I can see right through that thing, and then I'm constantly emptying that cup, digesting what's in that cup so I can fill it up with more positivity to help. Yeah, I'm helping myself, but guess what? The better I am, the better I can help others. And that's the thing where a lot of people, I don't want to say fail because fail is a strong word, but we don't fulfill uh, um, our desire, desires, that's too strong too, but we don't fulfill who we are and what we're meant to do on this planet, which is essentially to help others. But if we haven't taken care of ourselves, if mentally we're not right, physically we're not right, emotionally we're not right, we're not going to be right for anybody else either. So you've got to do those small things for yourself. But it all starts off, like if you're listening to this podcast, you're doing a great thing for yourself. You truly, truly are because you're utilizing all the thousands of hours that I just talked about, the hundreds of books, all the conferences and seminars and everything I've went to in the last five years, I'm giving that all to you right here, right now. Why? It's the right thing to do. And according to Zig Ziglar, how do you get everything you want in life? By helping enough other people get what they want. I want to get everything I want because I want to help you get everything you want. It's that endless cycle. The better you feel about yourself, the more you're going to listen to this, the more you're going to listen to this, the more you're going to share with others. The more you share with others, the better others are going to feel. And I'm going to feel pretty good that I had a part of that. And then you're going to feel pretty good because you had a part of sharing that with others. And that's how the cycle turns around. And you've heard me talk before about our mission at the Academy. Our mission is to make, not help, 
but to make our community, our society, a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. Now, how that works is if people people are happier, they feel better about themselves, well, they're going to do more things to help themselves feel better. And that starts off, or I guess starts with, feeling healthier, mentally, physically, and emotionally, what they put in their mind, what they do, what they, uh, you know, as far as exercising, as far as their meal choices. Well, if you're healthier, you're going to be happier. Those two go back and forth. So now you're uh, healthier, so now you're happier. You're happier, you want to be healthier. And all those tie in together to create a safer society. And what I mean by that is happier, healthier people tend to smile more, tend to be more polite, tend to be more respectful, you know, tend not to do things that are, you know, bullying, intimidation, being rude, having mean negative thoughts in their mind and then passing those mean negative thoughts off to others. So those three tie in together, happier, healthier, and safer society. And by doing that, the world as a whole is going to become much better. Now, I don't want anybody to think, oh, there's kicking life guru, uh, rainbows and sunshine. It's all, all, you know, fantasy land. No, no, I realize the world's a tough place. I know it's a tough place, and I also know that it's going to kick your butt. It's going to knock you down and keep you down. But you make the choice to battle back, to get back up, to say, I'm going to do this differently. I'm not going to let the world knock me down again. But guess what? It's going to. But you each time, here's the deal. For every one time you get knocked down, make sure you get up another time. You know, he who's been knocked down seven times, just make sure you rise eight. Keep getting back up. Keep battling through. But what's going to help you get back up when, not if, but when the world knocks you down is What's on your mind? What wolf are you feeding? The wolf of fear or the wolf of positive inspiration? The wolf of passion and desire to do your best, to be your best? That's what's going to help. And, of course, it all goes back to what are you putting in your mind? You're probably tired of hearing me say that, but I'm telling you, the more you hear me say it, the more you're going to think about it. The more you think about it, the more it's going to be on your subconscious mind. The more it's on your subconscious mind, the more you're going to focus on it. The more you're going to focus on it, the better you're going to be. Hey, how about that cycle? And of course, on the other side, guess what? You don't listen to this. You don't listen to other positive talk, other positive podcasts. You turn me off and you turn on Constantly Negative Network or talk radio or whatever the other garbage you want to put in your brain there. And that's exactly what it is, garbage. Oh, that's not very positive. No, but it's honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to lie to you. How positive is that? You know what? Please listen to all that garbage out there. It's really going to help you. Now, that's a flat out lie. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to be honest with you. That right hook of reality, or as producer John said as uh, during the break here, he was talking about a left hook. Woo, where'd that come from? A left hook of reality. Is that any different than a right hook? Well, truthfully, yes, it is. Um, that's why softballs are so tough to fight. And I've had my fair share of fights. matter of fact, I, you, those that <laughs> know me well, it's something I, I – I, I do enjoy. It's a challenge, you know, being a, a hockey player at a pretty high level. Uh, I had my share of fights and then being a martial artist and spending time over in Korea. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it because it's the competition. Now, I'm not saying you just go out there and beat anybody up. That's not what fighting's all about. It's about the true aspect of competition, helping yourself become better. And then if somebody whoops you, man, that person worked harder. Don't make excuses. And you know what? My background yeah, I was prone to, uh, years ago, make excuses. Well, well, this, that. The truth is, if somebody whooped my butt, it's because, darn it, they out-trained me and they outworked me and they, they are, excuse me, they earned it. I didn't. They earned it. So nowadays, and I don't uh, I don't fight as much as I used to because I'm getting a little seasoned now. I mean, I still love and enjoy the competition, especially teenagers that come into the academy. That's a lot of fun. But um, I spend the majority of my time now on trying to self-educate my mind on how to be better, how to, you know, brawn is limited, but wisdom and the mind is um, 
unlimited, right? It's infinite, going on forever. So that's kind of where I'm spending the majority of my time now, making sure I'm doing a good job of conditioning the body, but even more time now on conditioning the mind because that's the legacy I want to live behind. leave behind. Um, I want to have that where I want to live it, but I want to leave it behind as well. So if I'm inspiring you, you share this with somebody else. Like I said, that makes me feel good because I know I've done something right. And then I want to make you feel good that you've done something right to help out others. And you can see where that trickle effect comes. One person shares with another person, shares with another person, and we're continuing all collectively working together to help achieve. It's, it, it's our academy's mission because that's what I'm saying. That's what we're doing. But I want it to be all of our mission together. Help make our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live so we can all live in a better place. And those parents out there and adults out there, I say this all the time. The reason I work so hard on this, well, one, it's the right thing to do. But the truth be told, the kids in today's society are the kids that are going to be taking care of us when we get older. And right now, that's a cause for concern. To be honest, I'm scared to death about it. But I know that if we all work together, it's going, to be, it's going to help out. So as we get older, these kids are going to be more respectful. They're going to be much more well-mannered. And they're going to think about others ahead of themselves. They're going to think about what they can do, what they can put in their mind to make them a better person, to respect themselves in order to respect others. And that's that kind of endless cycle. So, wow, good stuff. I mean, we talked about all kinds, uh, uh, well, as we always do, different things today, but it all focuses around our central point, you know, the kick in life. I want to give you the best kick in life. That means I'm going to kick you in the tail. I'm going to kick you off the deck when life has knocked you on the deck and knocked you down to get back up, to believe in yourself, to battle through. But it all starts with what you put in your mind. So one last time before we log off here, think about it. What's in your mind? Is it clear as muddy water? Or is it crystal clear? Is it and, and what are you doing with that? What do you continue to put in that? How much TV, how much negative news network are you watching? How much negative yuck are you watching compared to the amount of positivity that you're reading, the amount of positivity and amount of positive input you're putting in your mind? Think about the hours there. 1,704 hours on average is what a 12-year-old and older uh, uh, program their mind with with TV. That's more than two months out of a 12-month, well, I guess all years are 12 months, right? But two months out of, a, out of a calendar year, out of 12 months, is spent on that garbage. Change that up. Believe in yourself. Be your best. And the last point, we started off today talking about the, Indian, the uh, old uh, Indian chief talking to his grandson about which wolf to feed. Are you feeding the wolf of fear and negativity? Are you feeding the wolf of positivity, passion, and a desire to be your very, very best? And I promise you this, whichever wolf you feed is the wolf that's going to win. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So anyway, as I always say, thank you so very much. I mean that sincerely from the bottom of my heart for you listening, sharing uh, this with others. And please, you know, throw, throw at me your, your comments your comments, is, is, <laughs> did I just say comments? Your, that's, a, that's comments and feedback all in one. Throw at me your comments, feedback, and thoughts. And if there's something you want me to talk about or some area that I could possibly help you with, don't be afraid to reach out. You can find me, all the social media channels, Kickin' Life or Kickin' Life Guru, Master Rich Grogan. Our studio academy page is Grogan's Martial Arts. And, of course, here, uh, kickinglifepodcast.com is where you can find all the podcasts. And we're right here on lineupmedia.fm, who has a ton 
of great podcasts. I mean, we've got a lot of them going on here at the station, and uh, our goal is to continue adding more podcasts out there to satisfy all your likes. So if uh, maybe this isn't your cup of tea, I hope it is, but if it's not, check out all the different uh, podcasts that lineupmedia.fm offers. And as always, you can find our podcast on uh, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And then also, don't be afraid to check out my blog page and leave comments. And once again, it all goes to the same page there. We've got kickinlifepodcast.com, kickinlife.com, kickinlifeguru.com, and then richgrogan.com. Those are all my blog pages. And of course, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, what else? Tumblr, Stumbler, Bumbler, all the different things out there. Just uh, do a Google search and you can find us. All right. So until we talk again, listen to this podcast more than once, share it with your friends, but you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week. Another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.